podcast one production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Adam McDougall, last episode was a big one, mate. Everyone's talking in the office about their belly fat and I've been jiggling mine and I still, I can't figure (laughs) out whether it's visceral or it's subcutaneous because I go, oh, it's a bit hard on the hips, but it's more wobbly in the stomach. All I know is at least A, I can see my old fella, but B, I need to lose more of it. God, mate, that was a massive two-part episode. What's people been saying to you about it on your socials? Oh, it's been really funny on social media. Uh, You know, a lot of blokes have been saying, you're right, mate, things don't grow in the shade. And since I've lost weight um, on your shakes, there's certainly uh, a bit more activity down below the belt line. So um, it's been very funny. even walked into the pub the other day and this bloke was uh, sitting there rubbing his beer belly and saying, mate, it's not visceral fat. This is subcutaneous. (laughs) And you went, you sure about that, mate? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, you know, in answer to your question, mate, if it wobbles, it's not too bad, uh, but if it doesn't, it's not too good. So uh, we certainly want uh, to remove that gut fat. We now know from these episodes that um, it's the worst thing for your health, and uh, certainly everyone's waistlines are growing at a rapid rate. And today's um, you know talk should also help them with their waistlines as well. Yeah, we're going to find out. We do a lot about weight. We're going to find out what is the fastest way to lose weight, Adam. This is probably one of the biggest episodes we've done because we've done a lot on types of ways to lose fat, techniques to grow muscle, what kind of fat you have. But the fastest, most direct route, we've not explored that highway and we're going to hop in the car and go on it today. So what is the fastest way to lose weight? Well, sorry for the pun, but it's fasting. (laughs) (laughs) So there's certainly been a lot of different methods. It was in the question. The answer was there. Yeah, it was in the question. There, it was right in front of us. So, you know, look, everywhere you look these days, if you, you know, turn on the TV and, you know, see a celebrity there talking about going on some extreme diet these days. And uh, more likely than not, they're practicing fasting. Hugh Jackman uh, does a type of fasting every single day uh, where he only eats for a few hours of each day. Um, You know, you've got a lot of these millionaires and billionaires out there that are, you know, doing fasts all the time. So, um, you know, Eddie Maguire this year famously went on on a a Chinese fast where he didn't eat anything for two weeks. So uh, power to you, Eddie. I'm glad it wasn't me. But um, certainly fasting is very much in vogue at the moment. And it is, you know, one of the most long practiced forms of losing weight and and, uh, creating health. You know, if you look back, it was something that was uh, done for a lot of religions. Um, You know, Buddha did it. Jesus did it. Muhammad did it. It's all been written about in uh, all the history books of some of the great people did it. Benjamin Franklin did it. Uh, Mark Twain wrote about the fact that, you know, if you want to, you know, kill any ill, just fast. Um, so it's certainly something that's been practiced uh, for a very long time in the human race and something that has a lot of runs on the board. So let's talk about what is fasting, Adam? Yeah, well, look, it's not starving yourself. I think that's the biggest mistake that a lot of people make when they try to attempt starting any type of fast, which we'll talk about as well, about the most effective ways to hack into doing fasting effectively. But it's not about starving yourself. It's actually about going for periods of time without eating essentially. And, and, you know, when you look at the cavemen, it's, it's very much emulating the way that they used to eat, I think is the best way to fast. And, you know, food wasn't abundant. There wasn't 7-Elevens on every single street corner. We can go and get a Slurpee at 12 in the morning or drive from McDonald's or a KFC. Um, food was something you had to go out and earn and, um, you didn't have refrigerators. Um, so therefore when you did catch something, you'd whack it over the head and you'd consume it all and then, um, store fat for the reason, which was to obviously keep us warm and, and give us energy when there wasn't food around. So, um, that, that's, that's the simple, you know, place where fasting was really designed, um, through necessity as such. So, you know, the human health, um, has been deteriorating at a rapid rate of knots. Um, we've been brainwashed, I suppose, largely to believe a food pyramid, which we, which we now know is BS. 
Um, and to believe that we should be eating all the time. I think the food companies want us to believe that. And if you have a look at research, which really supports, you know, just how our behaviors have changed, the average person now has 15.5 separate eating events in a day, mm. Alex. That means they're putting something in their mouth 15 times a day. And everyone still thinks, oh, I'm doing three meals a day. No, you're doing 15 meals a day. They might be smaller, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> well, there's all this snacking, you know, you're taking in beverages with calories in them or you're snacking on stuff as you alluded to. So while well, some people will say that, you know, they're only eating, you know, a couple of big meals a day, um, it's the continuous, you know, snacking and beverages, which is really, you know, really putting a lot of, you know, pressure on the body. So and not only that, this excess fuel that we're putting in our bodies generates a lot of damage with free radicals. Um, it accelerates aging and disease, um, you know, and a lot of people are doing the worst thing they can possibly do. And these are hacking itself to start today is whatever you do, stop eating at least three hours before you go to bed. Cause it makes common sense. If all of a sudden, you know, you're filling your body up with all this excess energy just before you go to sleep, when the body's meant to be repairing itself and healing itself, what do you think is going to happen to, to this food? It's actually going to leave a lot of oxidative stress. So, you know, your body's not moving around, you're not circulating, you're not burning calories. So a lot of these excess calories will be um, dirty fuel, which the body then creates a lot of inflammation and waste from. And we know from last episode that inflammation is what causes belly fat. Another reason to get rid of inflammation through fasting is a good way to get rid of your belly fat. I also heard that the average person has about 77,000 unburnt calories that they sit on their body. So that's all that fuel that we could be using, but their body is storing it in fat because it doesn't need it. Mate, that's such a great point you just alluded to then is as human beings, why do we have fat? The purpose of fat was it was stored energy for emergencies. So what we've become these days is what I call non-fat adaptive. Essentially, that means that our bodies haven't become efficient at burning fat as energy. Why? Because most people get up in the morning. What's the first thing that they do? They either grab a coffee straight away with some sugar or milk or calories, some type of energy in the coffee, which then teaches their body to be lazy, not use stored fat as energy like our ancestors did, but instead reach down into our bellies um, and just use the food that we just digested as the energy. So, and then, and before you go to bed, as you said, we're then overloading our muscles and our livers um, with too much energy. So we've got all this stored up energy every morning we wake up because we've overeaten too late at night or throughout the day um, and for too longer periods of the time. All of a sudden, you've got all this excess energy flowing throughout your body and you're never teaching your body how to become fat adapted. And that's the great thing about fasting. It forces your body to use the stored calories as energy. And the more that you do this and the more efficient you become at using fat as energy, the healthier you'll be, rather than relying on insulin and carbohydrates to fuel your body. And I think what's important is people need to understand the delineation between fasting is not starving. <laughs> right? Exactly, mate. A hundred percent. And look, I've done all the fasts we're going to talk about in a moment. And uh, my wife can tell you that she told me a few times, she said, mate, just go and eat something for God's sake. You're not a very nice person when you don't eat. And I think that's the best gauge. You know, when we dive into these practices is it's about health hacking is about finding what individually works for yourself. So like we defined, fasting is just a period of time where you go without food. That's all it is. It can mean a number of different things for a number of different people. How extreme you go is up to you. But a lot of people don't need to go as extreme as other people. Um, if you're already underweight or you're suffering certain medical conditions, you definitely don't want to be fasting. You know, if you're somebody that's pregnant, for example, somebody that has high blood pressure, diabetes, you need to really consult your doctor before you do any of these type of extreme methods. So, you know, you've got to find what works for you. And I always say slow and steady wins the race when it comes to these sort of things. Can we go through some more benefits on what fasting does for the body? Yeah. Well, fasting is so beneficial for so many reasons. You know, we now know 
um, that, you know, food is information, but it's also inflammation for the body. Every time your body processes food and tries to digest it, there's damage that's caused as a result. So it's very hard on the body to, to utilize food. So we need to really give the body periods of time to heal, to be able to be given that space to be able to regenerate the stomach, the digestive system, the organs. You know, the, the human body was designed to have periods of rest, which meant nil of food in the mouth. So, so it's a healing period. It's a healing period. That's, you know, that's essentially what sleep is meant to do. You know, it, it drains the, the fluid out of the brain to he- allow it to heal. It creates memories. It creates, you know ability to recover from the stress of the day. And, uh, you know, the big thing is our organs as well. And the number one thing that, you know, fasting really does is it helps promote blood sugar control and it reduces insulin sensitivity. And I was spoken about this before, Alex, that this is the biggest disease facing us in the modern society is type two diabetes. It's going to consume the universe uh, before we know it. And most people, you know, will be insulin resistance, which means that they can't utilize the energy out of their food, particularly carbohydrates to be used by the muscles. We now know that all diseases are really linked to how insulin sensitive that you are um, and controlling your blood sugar is key to this. And that's what fasting is so effective at doing. Um, research has shown that, you know, fasting, um, helps decrease blood sugar levels, reduces insulin sensitivity. Um, and the reason it does this is because it allows that organ, the pancreas and allows the body and the cells to actually have a breather, to give them time to regenerate. Um, if they're continually bombarded by calories, they become lazy. It's like, you know, when you walk in a room and, and you first smell something, you know, the smell's really strong if it's a bad smell. And then after a while you become oblivious to it. And that's like insulin in our bodies. You know, the more food that we eat continually, all of a sudden when your body keeps releasing all this insulin, the muscle cells become resistant to that. And all of a sudden they stop listening. And all of a sudden you can't push the blood glucose out of the system uh, into the muscles, um, into the liver to be used as energy. And all of a sudden you become insulin resistant and uh, your health problems start to really spiral out of control from there. And the other interesting thing though is that it seems to be um, the fact that women get more benefit out of fasting when it comes to insulin sensitivity than men do. So we don't know why, but that's great news if you're a woman. This is The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. More benefits on fasting just after this. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. We're talking about fasting and that it is the silver bullet to losing weight. If you really had to choose one thing, Adam, you think fasting is the best, but there's a lot to unpack here. Benefits, Matt, you've got eight benefits you think that really highlight why fasting is so important. Yeah, it's not only just great for weight loss, uh, it's so good for your general health as well. Like anybody out there that's suffering from inflammation, it's been proven that fasting actually reduces inflammation because we spoke about it earlier. Every time that you eat, it's hard on the body. And as a result of eating, the digestive process creates um, some oxidative stress on the body, which creates inflammation. So if you really want to get inflammation down, I can tell you now, hand on my heart, the biggest thing that's made a difference to me, I've had 29 operations after I played football during my football career and at the back end of uh, retiring. 29. Every time you say that, I'm like, 29, it's insane. <laughs> well, without sounding like a wanker, I, I look still fit and I still am fit and I'm still running around with my two kids and I'm not in any pain. And the biggest thing that I put it down to is the fact that I control what I eat. And, you know, fasting plays a big role in that. I have what I call a, a time window where I eat for a small part of the day, which I'll, I'll um, expand on later. Um, but for me, I've noticed a dramatic difference um, since I've started fasting on the amount of inflammation in my body. It's been incredible. 
And on top of inflammation, I heard it's very good for your heart and cholesterol levels, Adam. Certainly is. You know, you look at some of the studies, for example, an eight-week study where people fasted every second day, um, they seen the results, which just blew the doctors out of the water, where their bad cholesterol, their LDL cholesterol, and their triglycerides decreased by 25% and 32% respectively. That is massive just through fasting. 25% decrease in bad cholesterol and 32% decrease in triglycerides. That's a game changer for your health. So Mm. you've got any type of concerns about cholesterol or heart disease running in the family, go see your doctor and ask if you can start fasting because I tell you what, them results are amazing. Um, Another thing that I use fasting for and another great benefit is we now know that it boosts brain function and it prevents neurodegenerative disorders. Now, for me, this is something very close to my heart. Being an ex-footballer, um, seeing a lot of my mates suffering from brain injuries and, and struggling today with mental health issues, uh, memory. Um, you know, myself, I personally come out and said it, that um, my memory is nowhere near what it used to be. Um, I have a lack of impulse control at times, which I put down to the head injuries that I've had. I'm living in fear. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've traveled to America a couple of times a year to work with some of these really smart doctors around brain health because I know what my future holds. You know, I can't run into somebody for 20 years for a living yep. and expect not to have some sort of brain damage. Now, my mm. wife will tell you I've got brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so are my weights, but my mates. So, you know, but the reality is, is that this is one thing that we know fasting really works on. They've done a lot of studies. I know not on humans, but on mice. And it showed that the practice of fasting um, improved the brain function and the structure of the brain. The brain actually changed. Um, you know, the prefrontal cortex, all these areas of the brain that were damaged from trauma actually started to heal themselves, which is unbelievable. And, um, you know, once again, part of this, they believe, could be because it reduces inflammation. Um, but it's just so exciting for everybody out there, you know, that that's, you know, suffering from, from any type of mental, um, issue at all, whether it's Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's disease. Um, it's really going to be interesting to see, um, what role fasting plays in the future, uh, with these type of, uh, neurological illnesses. Adam, when it comes to longevity, it's something that us mortals think about, especially as we start getting older. And you always see those studies of like, you know, this person in Iceland lived to 120 because of the way they dieted and what they did. You never hear about this bloke in Sydney (laughs) lived to 120. (laughs) Am I right in thinking that it's not just their diet, it's probably the way and when they are eating? Are they taking part in fasting is people who have a much longer life expectancy. Yeah. You look at a lot of the blue zones throughout the world and these are parts of the world where, you know, they've got the most prosperous and healthy living human beings. And uh, a lot of their daily practices are are the main reason for this. And, um, you know, it's sort of, you go into a nursing home and I hate to say it, you don't see too many fat people in there, do you? So it's always very smart not to be overweight the older you get, because obviously the bigger health problems you have. And like we alluded to, you know, throughout this whole uh, episode is that the more you eat, you know, the more inflammation it causes on your body, the more stress that it puts on your organs. And, you know, once again, you know, there are human studies out there, living examples of people that are living past 100 and you'll always find they have similar practices around certain things. And fasting is one of the big ones. You know, they certainly practice fasting, whether or not it's deliberate or not deliberate. Um, but a lot of these people control when they eat and how they eat. And, you know, the real studies, which, you know, people always say you can't compare rats to humans, but... The great thing about science is, is there is a fair bit of crossover. And when you look at how exciting it is in rats, and even if we only get some of the benefit that rats get, uh, it'll be amazing because they did a study on rats, for example, and they delayed the rate of aging. And the rats that fasted lived 83% longer than the rats that didn't. Wow. 83% longer. Wow. That is just mind-blowing, isn't it? Like when you think about it, all you have to do is maybe show some, I suppose, willpower, not eat 
you know, and be uh, a bit of a glutton and eat too much and you can live up to 83% mm. longer. I just found that finding absolutely incredible. You know, I've been thinking about longevity recently and not because of my own mortality and wanting to live longer. It's actually because I think people having children later and later in life because of the way we live and the work that we do, we don't have always have the luxury. So if you're going to be, let's say, a grandparent and you want to have that community of your children and your children's children around you, you're going to be older doing it for longer. So you going to just have to stay around longer if you want to be a part of it. So it's a good thing to start thinking of. Even if you're 40, you think one day you will be 80. What kind of 80-year-old do you want to be? Yeah, and you look at like the richest people in the world, mate. This is where all these hacks are coming from at the moment. It's not from medical institutes. It's not from governments. You know, the real pioneers in health and wellness leading into the future are going to be these billionaires. And it's all through self-interest. Mm. So, you know, you, you hear the Elon Musk's of the world. You hear the Anthony Robbins of the world. You know, Anthony Robbins the other week, you know, I heard was in the Vatican uh, with the Pope talking about stem cells, for God's sake. You know, the Richard Branson's of the world. Yep. There's all these billionaires out there that are doing all these wacky and wonderful things like taking the blood from young people and spinning it down and injecting it back into themselves. And we'll do an episode on some of the weird and wacky ways to live to 100. But it's absolutely scary, yeah. Alex, the lengths that some of these people are going to and using themselves as human guinea pigs to live longer. And I can assure you now, the two top ones that continually jump out with these billionaires is the fact they're all fasting and they're all meditating. They're all t taking care of their gut, firstly, through fasting and they're also taking control of their blood sugar levels and then they're taking care of their other master hormone which is the brain the other organ sorry which is mm. the brain so you know fasting and meditating are the, certainly the two you know ways that they're doing it and the best thing is you don't have to be a billionaire to bloody well do it because fasting costs nothing yep. either does meditating so with fasting you get longevity but adam you don't get longevity without avoiding getting sick so i'm assuming then fasting what kind of benefits does it have around terminal illness and a general prevention around illness. Yeah, it's a really delicate one, this one, because there's obviously a lot of people out there that have loved ones and family, as I do, that have got, you know, cancer and, and have been affected by some terrible, you know, diseases out there. So you don't like to come out and make claims. And that's where you need to be very careful when you read all these scientific research studies and whatnot. But um, there's so much strong evidence now supporting the fact that, you know, people that are undergoing different types of cancer treatment, you have to obviously be very careful, you know, before you try any of these health hacks that you consult with a doctor. But a lot of benefits from fasting, you know, when people have cancer, um, not only to prevent cancer in the first place, um, because we believe now that we know that most cancers can be caused by lifestyle and what we eat. But also when people are getting different types of treatments, such as chemotherapy, there's been extended benefits shown from fasting. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of animal studies once again, um, done with test tubes that suggest that fasting could block tumor development. Um, and it increases the effectiveness of chemotherapy. So there's a lot of people out there with different illnesses. And, you know, I've spoken to a number of people who are in remission for cancer, um, who have seen their cancer being, I suppose, put in the rack as such. It's been put on hold and it hasn't developed any further saying that the main reason was because of their diet and some of these practices like fasting that they have employed, not giving their body and the cancer the fuel that it loves to feed off, which is sugar, um, starving it um, you know, of a lot of its uh, growth factors, um, whether it's too much protein, which causes a thing called mTOR, which 
causes uh, cell proliferation and growth. Um, so yeah, they've been very, very, um, you know, vocal about the fact that fasting's had a huge part in their recovery from different illnesses and in the prevention as well from a lot of other types of cancers. Because as we know now, once you get one type of cancer, the odds are that it spreads and you get another type. So very exciting, Alex, the people mm. out there that are suffering from these terrible illnesses. And it's um, something that can be tried uh, with, with the guidance of medical uh, supervision. And Adam, the last couple of points you want to make about the benefits of fasting is weight loss and your hormones. Yeah, look, we've already talked about, you know, the benefits of fasting when it comes to weight loss. It is the fastest way to lose weight, hands down, and the cheapest as well. And the great thing is it frees up a lot of your time as well, because when you're not always having to cook meals or worry about eating, how good's that? You free up so much time. I actually look forward to the days <laughs> when I don't have to eat because, you know, I'm a bit obsessive compulsive, as you know, and I really like to eat certain foods and taking away that stress of having to shop and then worry about what I eat, you know, particularly when I'm traveling, uh, which is a hack in itself. I always fast when I'm flying somewhere or I've got meetings, you know, where I need to travel because I'm not having to worry about stopping at some crappy service station and grab something that's bad for me or trying to find something that's half decent. So it's so good being able to fast on them days you know that you're traveling. And we know that weight loss comes as a result of increasing the metabolism, calories in versus calories out. Well, obviously, if you're not eating, there's no calories coming into the body. So you can be burning calories, particularly fat. We know that fasting, believe it or not, can actually preserve muscle tissue, which is exciting in itself. And uh, it reduces body fat. So it works so well fasting for losing weight. Um, but it also affects our, our hormones as well, particularly our growth hormone levels, um, which is very important for burning fat, um, for converting, I suppose, muscle strength, um, and also bolstering our immune system. Um, some studies have shown that, which I found this absolutely incredible, um, that when nine men fasted for just two days, it led to a five-fold increase in their human growth hormone production. A five-fold increase. Jesus. Unbelievable, isn't it? So... Just to think that, you know, they always have believed that, you know, we got older because our hormones started to become suboptimal, our testosterone levels drop off, our growth hormone levels drop off, which has always been seen as the, the hormone of youth, growth hormone. Um, but when you can actually get a five-fold increase in growth hormone um, through not eating, how exciting is that? And when you think about it, you know, a lot of these billionaires that we speak about are going to these anti-aging clinics throughout the world and they're paying, honestly, up to $5,000 a week to get growth hormone injections, these guys, to stay younger. Um, which is absolutely wow. exciting for us mere peasants out there. Um, all we have to do is stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, this show has taught us a lot about what food we should eat and how to look after our body. Combine that with fasting is really exciting. Adam, I'm just going to run through these points quickly. You reckon some of the best benefits are promotes blood sugar control, reduces insulin resistance. Two, promotes better health by fighting inflammation. We learned how bad inflammation was on the last episode around your stomach fat. It could potentially enhance your heart health by improving blood pressure and triglycerides and cholesterol levels. It may boost brain function, prevent um, neurodegenerative disorders. And I know whenever I fast, I'm feeling pretty sharp myself. Aids weight loss by limiting calorie intake and boosting metabolism. Number six is it increases growth hormone secretion, which is vital for growth in your metabolism, weight loss, and muscle strength, which you just spoke of then. It could delay aging and extend longevity because we see those blue zones, they practice fasting and live in quite a long time. And look, we know, obviously, you've got to consult your doctor on all of this. And the same, it may aid in cancer prevention. And look, anything you can do to prevent cancer coming into your body can't be a bad thing. As long as you are trying something, it's better than doing nothing at all. Huge tips in there. Which is why, Adam, I am so unbelievably excited for the next episode because you are going to go through your top hacks to fasting as well as going through the type of fasts that are out there and analysing them. I can't wait.
Can't wait, Alex. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall is recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Produced by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Nick Slater. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.